They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. They say our thoughts are disinformation. is our response the rob carson show hey guys how you doing it's uh it's wednesday and last night there were a couple debates on the tnv one with a guy named john fetterman who's uh only uh the only campaign appearance essentially this campaign cycle was uh, joe biden came to speak uh, for John Fetterman, and John Fetterman didn't say anything because both uh, John Fetterman and Joe Biden have brain damage. Uh, we're going to get into uh, the John Fetterman debate last night with Mehmet Oz, some of the things that were said last night during the debate. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, the guy had a stroke. He can't talk. All right? And that, and also he's morally and intellectually bankrupt, and he uh, supports policies that are an abject failure. So into that, Kathy Hochul had her, you know, <clears throat> Lee Zeldin had her uh, for lunch last night on television. She's not backing down on all the idiocy, the COVID idiocy, the COVID dictatorship that she uh, ushered in as the unelected governor of the state of New York. Uh, and uh, there, there's just a ton of stuff to get to on the uh, on the show. Uh, women, of course, being attacked by uh, men claiming to be women, and the Biden administration literally inviting a a 200 day old woman to come to the White House last weekend to talk about transgendered rights and womanhood. A 200-day-old woman, meaning the first 24 years of this person's life, they were a man and then suddenly became a woman 200 days ago and gets invited to the White House. Yeah, all you women who struggle and work a couple jobs, maybe single moms, step to the back of the line because there's a dude uh, who is now a woman and uh, he's been invited to the White House. So, yeah, that's the kind of world we live in right now. And i got to tell you, for all the uh, Democrat pollsters and politicians and whatnot, I would venture to say that a thorough drubbing on November the 8th is something you should be thankful for. Because when you consider all of the absurdity, all of the uh, abuses and usurpations that have been suffered on the American people over the last uh, 10 years, uh, most uh, incredibly the last five, six years, uh, and and intensely the last two years, that uh, just losing an election is probably the easy way out. Because things, when they go this sideways in history, when, when a person in power or a party in power becomes so overbearing and so against the principles of the people, the founding principles of the country, it usually ends up in a whole lot worse uh, predicament, okay? Things end a lot uglier when you attempt to be totalitarian and you attempt to silence dissent and you as attempt to control every aspect of the people's lives. Generally, there are remedies for that, and it involves regime change, but not in a peaceful way. All right. So I would venture to say that uh, as the Democrats will continue to uh, try new things with the election coming up, I think you should probably just be content with getting your asses kicked at the ballot box. So maybe you can look at your party and say, dear God in heaven, what have we become that 70 plus percent of the American people feel the country is going in the wrong direction? Eighty nine percent of the people 
people feel that the economy is the biggest thing, not COVID, not getting a stupid vax uh, booster, okay, for whatever the hell variant has come along, which has never existed in the history of disease, by the way, that we come up with a new variant and a new version of the vaccine a month later so you can plop down your now soon-to-be $120 to $130 shot that the government will suggest that you take every year. So again, I would, uh, if I were you as a member of the Democrat Party, just a citizen, I would definitely go, what the hell is wrong with our party? Uh, I can't be down with all this insanity. And maybe uh, wait till after the curb stopping that is coming on November the 8th to call your Democrat representative, uh, maybe in Congress, maybe locally, uh, whoever, maybe just a DNC uh, a party chairman or whatever in, in your and just say, uh, what the hell were you thinking? I mean, it, it, really, what, what were you thinking when you went down this road to hell? Now, here's the deal. Uh, I'm, I didn't vote for you this time. I voted for Republican, or, or I didn't vote at all. I, I would vote for Republicans if I were you, you know, just to really send the message home. And I don't believe that there's any Republican out there who is saying that men can automatically become women and children should go through uh, uh, puberty blockers and, and uh, uh, surgery uh, before they turn 18 years of age. Uh, I don't, you know, you, for instance, the school shouldn't have been closed and our children's lives shouldn't have been ruined for two years. These are things that the Democrat Party ushered in. You know, we've seen that, uh, uh, what, 107,000 people died of overdoses last year in America, 70 plus percent of those fentanyl coming across an open border and open border. Uh, you had the defund the police movement sponsored by the Democrat Party, Black Lives Matter and Antifa that wrecked lives in American cities that caused billions of dollars in damage. Uh, we had the idiotic uh, George Floyd trial and fallout uh, nonsense movement based on nothing where uh, a, a uh, uh, it, it was a, it was a uh, a terrible thing that happened, but the reaction was even bigger and dumber. Uh, for instance, somehow somebody decided that Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, the Washington Redskins, the Dixie Chicks, uh, what else, had to go away. So I would look at this opportunity as a, a member of the Democrat Party to either sit this election out or vote Republican and hope that your party can maybe get a whiff of common sense smelling salts that they'll turn things around. Otherwise, uh, relegate you to the dustbin of history. Goodbye, bye-bye, bye-bye. President uh, Biden, by the way, <clears throat> and his administration, now, as you fill up your car with gas, as everything in your life costs more, 40-plus year high uh, inflation, you're shopping at Dollar General because you can't afford Walmart anymore. Uh, this summer, they're, they're, or this winter, they're actually talking about rationing heating oil in the Northeast. Okay, all of these things that we've seen in places like Venezuela <clears throat> are, have been meted out on the American people by this administration using the same uh, hectored, uh, proven false uh, policies that have been tried before, tried time and time again, but President Biden his administration worked extensively to work out a secret deal with Saudi Arabia to ease oil and gas prices. And you're thinking, oh man, our president is going to bat for us. He went over to Saudi Arabia <clears throat> after he made us energy dependent again. 
and he gave them a little what fur, and they're going to crank up their production and bring down the gas prices. Well, guess what? He just wanted the price to come down before the election. After that, he could have given a rat's behind about it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Saudis backtracked. Biden officials scrambled to convince the Saudis not to cut oil production before the midterm elections, thought they had succeeded once Biden agreed to meet with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Uh, Biden officials pushed for Saudis to accelerate production in July and August and additionally increases in September to December, which would significantly impact oil production ahead of the midterms. The New York Times reveals this today. First, the Saudis would accelerate an OPEC-plus production increase of $400,000 per day already planned for September, moving it to July and August. Then the Saudis would get the Cardale to announce a further production increase of 200,000 barrels per day each month uh, for each month from September to December of this year. On June 2nd, OPEC-plus, I guess it's like the LGBTQ-plus, whatever. They're adding all these despotic regimes to the OPEC-plus. Announced they would move up production increase scheduled for December, uh, fulfilling the first part of the secret deal. So that was the first deal. And then, uh, although Biden and the White House repeatedly said his trip to Saudi Arabia was not about the price of oil, details of the deal reveal how much of a priority it actually was to the administration. But the deal that Biden and his team constructed blew up in their face. OPEC announced only a boost of 100,000 barrels a day in August, and in September they announced they would cut production by 100,000 barrels. In October, OPEC plus shocked Biden after they announced they would eventually or actually cut production by 2 million barrels a day instead of increasing production. So the President of the United States lied, 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 lied about uh, energy dependence, lied about going over to Saudi Arabia to beg them to uh, not cut production so that the gas prices would continue to stay where they were which is just about 100% higher than they were when Joe Biden took office. But that's technically a relief when you look at how high the price of oil and gas and everything has gone up since Joe Biden's failed policies, starting with the uh, cutoff of the Keystone XL pipeline. And he goes over and he begs and he pleads and he gets down on his knees. And who the hell knows what happens after that? And he comes back and Saudi Arabia goes, yeah, you know what? Screw you. Screw you, you feeble old man, you a lifetime bureaucrat who has done nothing in Washington, D.C. for the better of the American people and the country. You've only enriched you, yourself, and your cronies. That's what you've done. So that's where we are. And I would say, again, to the Democrat Party, that if I were you, I would thank God that all is going to happen is a drubbing of you on November the 8th. Now, don't get me wrong. There has to be payback. I mean, massive, massive payback. Investigations, indictments, convictions, imprisonment for all of the abuses and usurpations that the federal government in cahoots with big social media, the mainstream media, the major, uh, the major government uh, agencies like the IRS, like the CDC, like the DHS, like the uh, uh, the FBI. Uh, I could go on and on. All of their malfeasance, all of their collusion with the Hillary Clinton campaign, the Biden White House, big social media, all of this has to come to the fore and all of these people need to pay for it. Then we're going to empty out the Bastille in Washington, D.C. Then we're going to fill it with these bastards who pulled this on us. 
And these are the same people who told you and me, although I never capitulated, that uh, you can't talk about this. You can't talk about that. You can't talk about this. It's misinformation or disinformation. And throughout this all, I said, uh, no. Hell no. I posted this last night on, uh, on Getter. And it should be fairly obvious to everyone, uh, and I hope that we've uh, let the genie out of this bottle. You have every right to say January 6th was a setup. You have every right to question the 2020 election. You have every right to question the vaccine and the government's reaction to COVID. You have every right to say the Biden family is corrupt, because they are. You have every right to say CRT and radical transgender and sex philosophies don't belong in your kid's school. You have every right to tell those who call your opinion disinformation to bleep the bleep off. We will win. We are right. So coming up, we're going to get to uh, the uh, Fetterman and Oz debate. The reaction from the media, uh, and by and large, uh, the left-leaning media like the Philadelphia Inquirer say that uh, John Fetterman won the debate last night, even though 85% of the people who watched the debate last night say that John Fetterman lost and shouldn't become a senator. Here's the number, 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. FBI, DHS, IRS, CDC, HHS, all complete BS. It's the Rob Carson Show. Tonight, John Fetterman, who had a stroke five months ago, took the stage with uh, Mamet Oz. Here is uh, John Fetterman's opening statement. Yeah, he had no uh, no idea. He said, happy birthday. Now, actually, he, he was, it was a lot worse than that, actually. He opened the, uh, the debate um, with, uh, with uh, this, actually, which, by the way, I'm just going to say it, and I'm not uh, uh, by any means making fun of John Fetterman for having a stroke. What I am making fun of is the spectacle that John Fetterman is continuing to be the candidate in Pennsylvania. That's what I'm making fun of. I'm making uh, fun of the grotesque spectacle that is putting John Fetterman on stage. But he did it. He did, was brave. He did it. Oh, brave. Yeah, brave. It was brave. No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was a grotesque spectacle. Is what It's like It's like watching Joe Biden every single day when he wanders off into the trees. It's a grotesque spectacle. It's not ableist to say, oh, you know, uh, maybe you should focus on your recovery. Because I don't think you're ready to be a senator. But no, that's not the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party has sold their soul. And so here is how he opened it last night. You're running for a seat that could decide the balance of power in Washington. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. Okay, that's the opening of the debate. That's the, uh, the opening of the debate. 
that's when you really should say is the monitor. Uh, monitor. Yeah, good night, everybody. Have a great night. Thanks for to tip your bartenders and waitresses. We're about 24. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. He's running to use Pennsylvania. As Lieutenant Yeah. So uh, that's, the, uh, that's the beginning of the debate. He says, good night, everybody. If you um, defend that as honest, forthright, real, all of that, you're an idiot. Uh, you're a common sense denier. Yeah, you're a common sense denier is what you are. Now, the, uh, <laughs> the Fetterman campaign is claiming that uh, there were closed captioning errors that were responsible for his garbled language. As uh, snap polls show that 82% of viewers thought the uh, Philadelphia or the Pennsylvania Democrat lost the debate. So I was wrong. I was wrong. I thought it was 85-15. It was only 82 uh, to, uh, what, 18 so I guess it wasn't the round uh, a beating that I would have suggested earlier. Here is uh, John Fetterman uh, addressing the elephant in the room. And let's also talk about the elephant in the room. I had a stroke. He's never let me forget that. And I might... Oh, no, no, no. We all need to remind everyone of that and how a stroke can impact the uh, ability of the brain to comprehend things, which you kind of need as one of the most 100 powerful people in the world. Missed some words during this debate, mushed two words together, but it knocked me down, but I'm going to keep coming back up. And this campaign is all about, to me, is... A yeah, you know what? Um, uh, being a senator is not rehab. I mean, there are plenty of senators who probably should be in rehab. Don't get me wrong, Nancy Pelosi. Well, Nancy Pelosi's not a... Uh, you know what I'm saying. Uh, there are plenty of senators. Nancy Pelosi, clearly Speaker of the House, needs, <laughs> needs rehab. About fighting for everyone in Pennsylvania that ever got knocked down that needs to get back up and fighting for all forgotten communities all across Pennsylvania that also got knocked down that needs to keep get back up. Thank Yes, that needs to keep get back up. Thank you very much. Those words will be carved in granite. Those who need that this back up thing. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Sure. Hey, Mr. Fetterman, I felt bad for you. That performance last night was really scary. Yeah, you shouldn't be a senator. Sorry. Hey, Mr. Fetterman, this could seal your fate. Even your own people are now wary. Not the Philadelphia Inquirer. Fetterman's a phony. He's not worked a single day. He must think that it's okay. To lounge around and play on daddy's money He only paid a dollar for the condo where he stays His own bills he never pays And I'm amazed that people do not find this funny I don't think it's funny. You think it's funny? Hey, Mr. Fetterman, soon you'll be found out You're afraid of Dr. Oz, we know that much is true Hey, Mr. Fetterman, you're protected, there's no doubt, by the liberal media enabling you. Yes, 
That is uh, Jim Gossett, two S's and two T's, jimgossettcomedy.com. He does live shows. If you have like a corporate gathering or something, he'll come out and he'll entertain you. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be just political. It could be both sides. He even does, uh, he makes fun of Republicans, which I like to do too because there's plenty to make fun of. Uh, yeah, uh, on the way, more audio from the debate last night. We've got lots of audio from Kathy Hochul and, uh, and Lee Zeldin. Also, Joe Biden he just got his third booster. He's had COVID twice just this summer, and he says that the vaccine's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. Hell is coming, people. Stick around. European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact, carry, or full-size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. The left burned our cities. They told us to hate America as founded. Well, we're not only saying no, we're saying hell no. It's the Rob Carson Show. You're running for a seat that could decide the balance of power in Washington. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. Yeah, there you go. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. <laughs> wow. He's running to use Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. As lieutenant governor. There you go. So that's the uh, that's the opening. That's as good as it gets. If you were in a show, you'd leave at the intermission, right? You just say, you know, kind of like ah, I think we're going. Um, I, I did that a few times with my kids. Uh, we go to these uh, kids shows, you know, and uh, midway through the intermission, when they were toddlers, and, and then I'd say, oh well, son of a gun, look, oh, the show's over. Knowing it was the intermission, right? I, I know I'm evil, but I was like, nah. my wife and I did the same thing. The Titanic, the musical. We got up and we left. We're like, man, I don't. Hey, we we not. We are not staying for this. It is it is awful. I think there's a couple movies I did that too. Uh, one of them was uh, oh Van Helsing. That was the last movie I walked out of. And if I were um, if I were uh, in the audience last night or even watching it last night, I didn't watch it last night. I didn't watch it in real time. I had better things to do with my life. But I'd say, you know, I think we're done. I think we're really done. Here is uh, Mamet Oz's opening last night. It was a little bit more. Uh, Cogent, I guess, than uh, John Fetterman. Thank you very much, Mr. Fetterman. Mr. Oz, you are a doctor, a businessman, and television personality. But this. Other than that, you're a complete failure compared to John Fetterman, who's a trust fund brat who didn't have a real job until he was 49, and his sister had to sell him a house for a dollar. Is your first run for elected office? What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator from Pennsylvania? You have 60 seconds. I'm running for the U.S. Senate because Washington keeps getting it wrong with extreme positions. I want to bring civility, 
balance all the things that you want to see because you've been telling it to me on the campaign trail. This guy's a Nazi. He's a fascist, white supremacist. And by doing that, we can bring us together in a way that has not been done of late. Hater, transphobe, homophobe. Democrats, Republicans talking to each other. John Fetterman takes everything to an extreme, and those extreme positions hurt us all. Let's take crime as an example because it's been such a big problem. Maureen Faulkner accompanied me today to the studio. You know, you know what his problem is? He's crime-phobic. Honestly, I mean, what, what was ever wrong with crime? I mean, you know, sometimes you, you don't have enough money to make the, pay the bills, you knock over a convenience store. Well, you, you're crime-phobic. Her husband was a police officer in Philadelphia. Well, you should be able to loot anything I want, you crime-phobic. Brutally murdered. John Fetterman, during this crime wave, has been trying to get as many murderers convicted and sentenced to life. He's murder-phobic. That's what he is. You know, here's John Fetterman talking about a $15 minimum wage, which, by the way, we already have. I thought you should know that. We already have a de facto uh, $15 minimum wage. Joe Biden did it. He made it uh, uh, unaffordable to go back to work during the pandemic. I have a sister, and she works as an assistant manager or a manager at JCPenney in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. On unemployment, she was told to stay home, by the way. Between uh, whatever she got from Jacques Penet and whatever she got from the government, she was making about 50 grand. 50 grand for not working. That's what happened. That's what happened to these enhanced benefits. All this crap associated with COVID wrecked everything. So we already have a $15 minimum wage. I mean, come on. I could go right now. You could go. Anybody could go. John Fetterman, he probably wouldn't get the job at Walmart, to be quite honest. I mean, maybe. But but I could go to Walmart right now, make $17 an hour, starting, starting. Now, if I go up to the uh, little coffee shop up here that I love so much, not going to make that because they can't afford it, you see. That's why they're struggling. But here is John Fetterman on the, uh, on the minimum wage, and it needs to be $15. The first question is for you, Mr. Fetterman. Do you support raising the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour? Why or why not? You have 60 seconds. Yeah, I do, absolutely. I think it's a disgrace at $7.25 an hour. And how can yeah, I... Nobody's making that. Man, you know, with... with you and if they are, uh, wow, are you stupid? Because you can actually name your price practically. If you go to Walmart, you go to Target, you go to Home Depot, you can name your price. You know, 10 gigantic... McDonald's, I don't care. McMansions, you know, has... Uh, and willing to talk about a, a willing wage for anybody. Imagine a... Sig- I'd like a willing wage. Can I get a willing wage? Anybody from Newsmax. Rob Carson wants a willing wage. I don't even know what it is. No mom trying with two children, trying to raise with them, realizing making $31,000 a year, you know, $50 an hour. You know, I believe every work has dignity and every paycheck must have dignity in it as well. True. I've always supported a living wage and we make sure... Do, do I... Do I want John Fetterman drummed out of politics? No, 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 no. What I want him to do is get better. Uh, That's what he needs to do. He needs to get better. I mean, his policies, dear God, how could you get worse? I'm talking about physically, mentally, he needs to get better. He needs to focus on life. He's 53 years old. Presumably he has a lot of life to live. But uh, you're not going to live very long if you dive right into being a senator with a brain that's broken. You're saying tonight that you... Uh, oh, this is, this is another one here. This is uh, John Fetterman. He says that he's for fracking, but he's against fracking. He said he's against fracking, against fossil fuels, a typical leftist, but just in time for the election, like Joe Biden going over and, you know, performing some sort of an act on the, uh, the free, uh, the, not the free leader, but the leader of Saudi Arabia. Uh, John Fetterman just wanted to get past the election.
So in last night's debate, he said he's freaking for frickin' fracking. That's what he said. He said he's freaking for frickin' fracking. Support fracking, that you've always supported fracking, but there is that... Of course I freaking support frickin' fracking. 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Uh, I, I I do support fracking, and I don't I don't I don't think he supports frickin' fracking. I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking. Okay, okay. And he thank stands you. And he does and he supports fracking, even though he said he did not uh, support fracking. So there's that. Believe it or not, the opinion and editorial staff of the Philadelphia Inquirer deemed Democrat John Fetterman the winner of Tuesday night's debate. Yeah. Judging on a scale of 1 to 10, the outlet uh, averaged scores of 11 editorial staff writers giving Fetterman a slight edge over us, 4.3 to 4.1. The directness of Fetterman's support of a living wage, unions, college debt relief, compassionate immigration policies, and ensuring reproductive rights. Killing your baby. Showed this was a debate between a candidate with a heart issue and an opponent who barely has one. Wow. Did they work for Hallmark? I wonder. Yeah, they probably would have been fired. Hearing Fetterman say that Roe v. Wade should be the law led me to audibly sigh of relief. Abortion should be a choice between a pregnant person (laughs) and their doctor. Oh, my God, in heaven is this man. Here he is going after corporate profits. Oh, my God, corporate uh, corporations making profits that uh, allow them to hire employees and pay them, and those employees pay taxes, and corporations pay taxes and all that. That's bad. Back to you, Mr. Fetterman, for a follow-up. In an op-ed for the Wilkes-Barre Times leader, you wrote, quote, it is time we crack down on the big price-gouging corporations that are making record profits while jacking up prices for all of us. How do you plan to do this, sir? You mentioned price going after price-gouging corporations. How what do- about Pfizer and Merck and Moderna? How about them? Let's go after them big old profits, the biggest in their entire history. You plan to do this, you have 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. We have to keep pushing back on that. And he would never make that choice to, to fight for uh, for it for uh, Amer- uh, families here in Pennsylvania. Okay, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow through this Fetterman stuff because, honestly, I, I can't do this. Can't do this much longer. Here's a, Here he is talking about vocational schools, which I'm down with, by the way. I think that after your sophomore year in high school, you ought to have two years of vocational school should you want it. That way you don't just graduate with a high school degree, which is worth precisely D-word to employers you have 30 seconds again i, I think it's no it's it's just the same the way the university for degrees as well too supporting that and partnering with the the unions and making sure that vocation training are is 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 uh, is affordable and providing the resources to make sure everyone philadelphia inquirer thinks he won uh, thinks he won this a little bit more Oz. I've been trying to talk about policy issues. Oh, yeah, this is uh, Dr. Oz talking about Fetterman. Fetterman owns eight houses, but I don't know if you knew this. He didn't have a dime to his name, but he has eight houses. And and uh, because Dr. Oz worked his uh, butt off, became a multi, multi, multi-billionaire, a, a phenom in broadcast in the medical field, which is the American dream, by the way. It's the American dream, unlike, oh, uh, you know, being a trust fund baby who wears a hoodie and has tats up and down his arms and has never done anything for anybody, and everything that he's touched has turned to crap. 
crap while he's been in public office. Uh, but here's Dr. Haas. He's defending, you know, his uh, personal wealth uh, and uh, and John Fetterman's houses. She's with the people of Pennsylvania. As a doctor, I listen to their ideas and I want to talk about them. When John Fetterman brings up houses, the irony is he didn't pay for his own house. He got yeah. it for a dollar from his sister. And he hasn't been able to, to earn a living on his own. He's lived off his parents. So it, it did, Other than that, he'll make a great senator. This is not a topic that we should be debating on the stage. We should be talking about crime and inflation, the issues that are hurting Pennsylvanians that they're talking about at their kitchen table. Let's uh, say uh, uh, he, uh, he got his... Pennsylvania right, House from his own inlays. From, a, a from his own inlays. I mean, who hasn't gotten a house from their inlays before? I mean, dear God in heaven. Here is uh, 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 Dr. Oz being called out for uh, uh, supposedly not supporting Donald Trump in 2024. I don't even know where the hell this came from. All right. Thank you, Mr. Fetterman. Donald Trump has supported you. He has endorsed you. Why won't you fully commit to supporting him in 2024? Oh, I do. I would support Donald Trump if he decided to run for president. All right. But it, this is bigger than one candidate. This is a much bigger story about how we are going to build a bigger tent to let more Americans feel safe. Yeah, and, uh, and more Americans are coming into the Republican tent, people of color, Hispanics particularly, for a variety of reasons. We'll get to that. Here is uh, uh, John Fetterman, his uh, closing statements last night before he dropped the mic because the Philadelphia Inquirer says he won. It ever got knocked down. They had to get back up again. You know. I'm also fighting for any forgotten community all across. Did he just quote the lines of the song Tub Thumping by Chumba Wumba? I think he did. Let's hear that again. Down. They had to get back up again. I get knocked down, but I get up again. No, but they're going to keep me down. That's about drinking, actually. You know, I'm also fighting for any forgotten community all across Pennsylvania. They ever got knocked down. It had to be made to get back up. You know, I've made my entire career dedicating to those kinds of pursuits. I started as a GED instructor back in, in Braddock over 20 years ago because I believe it's about serving Pennsylvania, not about using Pennsylvania for uh, their own end interests. Okay, okay, that's uh, that's great. Here's uh, uh, Charlie Dent uh, on CNN, a little stunned after the performance. That's a, that was a good... That was his best answer. That was, that was one of his better answers of, of the night. Uh, but again, I, I, I just am, I'm just still astounded. I'm still stunned by what I witnessed tonight. But you need to read the Philadelphia Inquirer because they said they won. And that uh, John Fetterman t definitely won. You know, and this is and they should have had more debates, by the way. I was one of the people. And this is a yeah, because half the votes have already been uh, been uh, uh, sent in, by the way, because of early voting in uh, Pennsylvania. Big state. There should be at least two debates, probably three. One in the Philadelphia market, Pittsburgh market, and then like that. Yeah, but you see, uh, Democrats across the country are avoiding debates altogether because they can't defend their positions on anything. Here's old reliable Chris Cuomo, who's got a job on a little network, and uh, he even says that Fetterman last, uh, lost last night. Voters, I think, saw things that will definitely change the state of this race. It's not his fault, uh, but Lieutenant Governor Fetterman struggled. Um, and again, I'm not faulting him for it. I don't think his preparation was great, uh, but he clearly is dealing with health issues. Uh, Do you think? That affect his ability to process and his ability to speak. This is why he has the job he has now at a network that nobody watches. Yeah. This is uh, MSNBC's Rebecca Traster defending John Fett. No, actually, we got we to gotta hold.
I want to get to that. And then we're going to move on to the economy. Then we're going to move on to a wonderful, wonderful debate last night in New York with uh, Lee Zeldin schooling Kathy Hochul. That's on the way. Here's the number if you want to chime in, 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. If the left tells you to quiet down, get louder. It's the Rob Carson Show. You're running for a seat that could decide the balance of power in Washington. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. That is John Fetterman last night in his debate. And the reason why I am playing his audio is not because I'm making fun of him. What I'm doing is pointing out the repulsive, disgusting spectacle of the Democrat Party continuing this ruse rather than five months ago saying, wow, he just had a massive stroke. Uh, Maybe we need to find another candidate. And they've done their level best to cover it up, not allow interviews. We finally found out a couple weeks ago when an NBC reporter who has since been chastised Notice that John Fetterman could not communicate at all, could not understand the spoken word at all. I really, you know, I don't want to sound too condescending here, but I I hope you're proud of yourselves, Democrat Party. Doesn't that sound kind of like something, you know, uh, your teacher would tell you? I hope you're proud of yourself because honestly, wow, I mean, that you'd do this, that you'd be even down with it or even saying that he won the debate and acting like it. Well, the same thing's happening on the national level. We're supposed to act like the president of the United States is perfectly in control of his faculties. Uh, And honestly, we're done with this nonsense. We're just, we're done. We won't be fooled again, in the words of the who. We won't be fooled again. We're not going to. So I would, if I were a Democrat, I would take the drubbing you're going to get on November the 8th, be uh, introspective, and possibly uh, reinvent the party to make it um, decent and human and, uh, and morally and intellectually not bankrupt like it has been for decades. For decades. This is uh, on MSNBC, Rebecca Tracy. Defending John Fetterman's uh, uh, debate performance last night, which is indefensible. One of the things you posit in your article is that Fetterman's campaign is hoping to turn his sort of vulnerability into an asset here. Do you think he did so on the debate stage tonight? We don't have room for vulnerability. In a really big, cruel world, in a country that is faced with literally an existential crisis... Not only the economy, but what's happening in Ukraine and Russia that we're being forced into. We don't, we don't have time for vulnerability. I think it's tough to say whether or not it will wind up being an asset with voters, but it was certainly an example of such remarkable... Of course it's not an asset to voters. It's not an asset to anybody. It's, it's a moment to pause and say, my God, man, go save your life, get better. Politics aren't as important as breathing. We'll find somebody else. Transparency, the opposite of what, what the Oz campaign has sort of asserted. The Oz campaign something about his health. Well, um, he hasn't turned over his medical records, and even after last night, he's not doing it. So your argument is none of that. I mean, showing up for an hour debate, and it, it was, as he said. He had to do it. Starting at. 
So we're going to talk about the elephant in the room. You played the clip. He said, I'm going to miss words. And, and you could tell, I, I wrote in my story about how in my interview with him, there was a moment where he became frustrated and stressed out, and it made some of his communicative problems. He's vulnerable. He's like a little puppy that needs to be rescued. Worse. And I think that this context, and what you described as the insane... Yeah, it's not, it's not playing. It's not playing. These are uh, voters last night as they watched in real time reacting to Fetterman's performance. Including uh, mostly Democrats. Definitely, uh, I'm an independent, by the way. I was definitely leaning towards Fetterman, and I think I have totally changed to the Oz side. Why? I felt that um, Fetterman, I felt that Fetterman just looked like he didn't have command of the facts. I do think his condition, unfortunately, is going to affect his ability to do the job. Shut the front door! I thought Oz... Uh, was pretty clear on the issues, um, and I thought he presented himself well and uh, definitely threw out some plans where I didn't see any plans coming out of Fetterman. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, not surprised uh, that it made you change, but who knows? Between now and Election Day, you may change again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, Philadelphia Inquirer says that uh, John Fetterman won, and people who were polled last night say that uh, 85, 80, 82% of the people say that uh, Mehmet Oz won. So there's a point where you just kind of kind of in the charade. I mean, Halloween's coming up, uh, you know, it's, what, five days away, five days away to Halloween? You know, I might want to take off the, the costume now, you know, because you've been exposed. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. If you've ever wanted to generate your own supply of free electricity, this will be the most important message you will ever hear. Here's why. With new grid vulnerabilities, with electrical rates rising faster than any time in American history, there's never been a better time to protect your family with a plug-and-play solar generator. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving electrical power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, a solar generator runs quietly, emits no fumes, produces an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. It's like having an electric power plant running secretly in your own home. Runs sump pumps, shortwave radios, computers, even keeps food from spoiling. Whether it's dangerous storms, brownouts, or blackouts, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Go to RobOffGrid.com. RobOffGrid.com to learn more. Use coupon code ROB and get over $1,500 in free off-grid bonuses. Available now at RobOffGrid.com. They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. Oh, we ain't gonna take it. They say our thoughts are disinformation. is our response the rob carson show it is the rob carson show and by the grace of god it is finally friday i hope you had a great week we are within uh, well what how many days today is the 28th three and 11 days until election day 
And uh, we've got a plenty of stuff to get to on the show, including a couple of Pennsylvanians on the uh, show. Rick Santorum is going to join us today to talk about what's going on in uh, in the state of Pennsylvania, what's going on across the country with regard to uh, Republicans uh, sweeping Democrats out of power, provided there isn't a lot of cheating, which there could be. Also, Doug Mastriano, who's running for governor of the state of Pennsylvania, is going to join us on the show today. And uh, we have much to talk about about the economy. We've got much to talk about about inflation and uh, Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's husband, 82 years old, apparently violently assaulted at their home in San Francisco. I'm not meaning to uh, make light of this in any way, shape, or form. I hope and pray that uh, everybody is okay. And I also can uh, understand what it's like to have your home broken into. I had it happen to me in uh, in uh, Washington, D.C. area, and I uh, I was not injured. I wasn't home, but it is, uh, it's ter- it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And so I, I hope that they find the perpetrators of this act. Uh, it's hard to say what exactly caused this attack because, uh, unfortunately, San Francisco has descended into absolute hell under Democrat leadership. A lot of uh, homeless, drug addicts, people being let out of jail who should be in jail out there. Uh, there's always, of course, the possibility is a political attack. Uh, very unlikely, however, because most of the, and in fact almost exclusively, attacks in this country come from the left on people who are conservative. That said, would it surprise you that uh, there are acts like this in the country with rhetoric like this? This means war. That is where we are. We are at war with these people. These folks are evil. There is an ultra-right MAGA. Oh, they're talking about conservatives here. Um, contention in this country that wants to overthrow the U.S. government. It is a danger to our democracy, it is a danger to our way of life. The MAGA movement is a threat. The extremists that we're dealing with every single day, we've got to kill and confront that. Still not hearing any violent threats against uh, Democrats here. Hold on a second. Movement. Clearly, you know, this is a um, literally call to arms. Obviously, Republicans, I think, are the biggest threat to democracy. We don't separate right-wing extremists and Republican Party anymore. I see this as a party, uh, a MAGA party that... Still not hearing Democrats. Uh, Republicans going after Democrats in a violent fashion. Uh, No longer is confident that they can win elections with votes, and so now they're seeking to enact their political will through violence. This is literally what conservative white folks do when they don't get their way. They turn violent. Today's GOP is no longer a political movement. It is a fascist movement. And this is why it could be more dangerous than 1860 or the 1930s. Okay, well, I can think you can understand where I'm coming from with regard to uh, wondering where this possibly came from and why. Uh, I do hope they get to the bottom of it. Uh, I would venture to say that almost every news story that we read for the next 11 days that has anything remotely to do with politics, particularly Democrat politics, pro- politics should be looked at through a spectacle, a, a critical lens. A critical lens is what I would do because you never know what the hell they're going to do. We know that Carrie Lake's uh, opponent, Katie Hobbs, said that somebody broke into her campaign office uh, like uh, just like Watergate all over again. And then we find out, now nah, just a career criminal apparently broke into a lot of stuff and also was a Democrat. Yeah, on Facebook. Look, big Democrat, big Democrat, but of course, Katie Hobbs tried to pin it on Carrie Lake now that Carrie Lake is ahead by 11 points in Arizona. So we're going to get to all of this stuff as the uh, as the show progresses. But as I said, that things are going to get bananas before November the 8th. They already have. And our best bet, and there are days, our best bet is to remain calm, to be vigilant, 
to be optimistic, to point out when we see incidents of fraud, like in Pennsylvania, where they already had ballot boxes, they opened them up before they unsealed them so you could vote, and they already had ballots loaded into them. There is that going on. You know, you've got the uh, the Attorney General of the state of Pennsylvania saying that, hey, man, we may not be able to get all these ballots counted within a week after the election. There's a lot of crap going on. There's ballot harvesting going on in Florida. Uh, legit, I've got, I've got the information. They, there is uh, money being spent from Joe Biden's big uh, 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 coronavirus uh, relief bill that's being used to, uh, to go after voters to use metadata and to, uh, to uh, message uh, Republicans and whatnot. There's a lot of crap going on guys there is a lot of crap but it's whether or not our tsunami what is in our hearts and souls what has been in us for two years all of the abuses and usurpations are coming to a head and we are going to curb stomp the democrats we are and if there is election chicanery uh to the tune of what happened in 2020 well we're not stopping we're not stopping because we are not going to accept any more nonsense any more lies, any more deception, any more collaboration between big social media and the Democrat Party and different uh, uh, arms of the federal government, including the FBI and the IRS. We already know that there is a deep state like we never even imagined with regard to targeting conservatives, conservative groups. The Tea Party movement completely wrecked, blown out of existence by the IRS under the leadership of Lois Lerner. We know the FBI collaborated with Hillary Clinton and, uh, and uh, uh, the Democrat Party to attempt to throw the election in 2016 by claiming some sort of Russian collusion, which, by the way, they spent $36, $40 million on an investigation that showed there was no Russian collusion. And one other thing here in the opening monologue of the show today. We have been told for the last two years that any question about the 2020 election makes you an election denier and a conspiracy theorist. Now we know that Democrats, including Hillary Clinton, I'm not going to play the montage again, I've got a million montages, uh, said that the 2016 election was stolen and has maintained that to this day. All right? Now, there is uh, there are reams of evidence, tens of thousands of witnesses who have sworn affidavits saying that they saw the election of 2020, uh, chicanery, vote-stealing, ballot box stuffing, all of that. We know that the FBI was working with uh, Twitter and Facebook to shut down Hunter Biden's laptop before the 2020 election. So don't you suppose they might have been involved in other ways? Don't you suppose they were already messaging big social media? You know, I've got to tell you, there's a lot of disinformation out there. So, you know, I know there's this Hunter Biden's laptop. That's purely crap. That's got to be Russia disinformation. And, and you know, this uh, people saying that there's election chicanery. I would also uh, be very aware of that because, you know, Russian disinformation. So needless to say, thousands of, uh, um, of, uh, of affidavits sworn, uh, millions of minutes of, uh, of uh, footage, uh, cell phone data that they have used for the... By the FBI to go after January 6th protesters. The same sort of cell phone data was used to track mules uh, going to campaign headquarters in Georgia, then going to drop boxes, dropping off ballots by the dozens, by the hundreds, by the thousands, taking rubber gloves off and throwing them in the trash. We know that the five battleground states, the big battleground states, stopped counting voting on election night simultaneously, restarted the next morning to the tune of almost 100% of new ballots coming in for Joe Biden. Millions of 
votes, all of that we could not question. We couldn't question, hey, wait a minute, you stopped the vote counting in Atlanta on election night, and you said there was a water main break, and the next morning uh, there was no water main break. And we got videotape of people bringing out cases of ballots and running them through repetitively, repetitively, repetitively. We've got it all. Meanwhile, there is no evidence that Donald Trump was involved in throwing the 2016 election. And the only shred of evidence that they brought to the fore, which was Russia collusion, which never freaking happened. So as far as you calling me a denier, I would say that uh, if anyone was calling anyone a denier, it would be Democrats who thought that Donald Trump won the 2016 election when there was no evidence whatsoever of election chicanery, anything like what happened in 2020. So uh, nonsense. I'm kind of tired of it. I kind of feel like You know, Elon Musk walked into uh, uh, Twitter HQ two days ago, and he walked in, and he said, he brought a sink with him, and he said, I'm the new CEO, let that sink in. And he's going to change how Twitter is operated, and he's going to upset the apple cart. Now, to some degree, and I have been welcomed uh, with open arms into the talk radio sphere, and this syndicated radio program that I host right now, I've been doing for a year. I have been a talk show host uh, for about seven years of my entire career, and this is my second full-time talk radio gig. So, even though I am in my mid-50s, I am a fresh voice to talk radio. And when I come to the table and talk radio, I'm bringing something that's a little bit different than everybody else is doing. One of the things that I bring is the comedy that I brought to the Rush Limbaugh program for over 20 years. So there's that. I also am unapologetic when it comes to truth. I am unapologetic when it comes to defending my positions. I am unapologetic for saying that I thought from day one the 2020 election was stolen. I am unapologetic when I say that I've always said uh, Hunter's laptop is, laptop is real. I said from day one that any possibility that, that uh, Donald Trump colluded with Russia to throw the 2016 election was Falderall because he's a hawk on defense and he's a hawk on uh, national security. So it was fake. It was fake news. Hillary Clinton signed off on the Uranium One deal while she was Secretary of State, got $150 million into her foundation, and then the foundation went away after she got beaten. Okay? So uh, I come to the table with both guns blazing, and I am unapologetic about all of it. Some people can be a little put off by it. I apologize for that. When I say that I thought COVID was used politically to deceive people, to control people, to uh, control an election, I am unapologetic about that. When I say that I don't think you need three boosters after two vaccine shots, I am unapologetic, uh, unapologetic about that. Do I think that we should protect the vulnerable in our society against COVID? Oh, heck yeah. Same way with, with the flu. If you're uh, uh, advanced age with diabetes, obese, and multiple uh, what they call these uh, comorbidities, (coughs) then by all means, get the vaccine. But I'm not going to apologize for any of my views and for the fact that I'm going to be unrelenting in my defense of them using facts. In that way, I feel kind of like 
in many ways, I'm similar to Elon Musk, although, you know, I'm a shadow uh, compared to Elon Musk as far as uh, business acumen, etc. But we are kind of dealing, uh, in so, to some degree, uh, kind of the same, I guess, some of the same uh, barricades that maybe he has. Not as bad with talk radio, and it's not with the audience. It's more with the higher-ups in, in certain elements of the industry. That said... I'm not going to stop what I do. I don't want you to stop what you do. And we are going to win. Good will win. It always does. But we are going to have some speed bumps put in our way in the meantime. And we have to drive over them. And we have to be unrelenting. Here's the number. 800-922-6680. Biden on inflation. And Elon Musk taking over Twitter, among other things, coming up on this Friday edition of The Rob Carson Show. For Americans who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm going to give you hope. Vote Democrats out. It's the Rob Carson Show. You know, a little ACDC always works. I don't care what day of the week it is. It's Friday on this show, though. We got Rick Santorum going to be joining us uh, next hour. We got uh, Doug Mastriano running for governor of the state of uh, Pennsylvania joining us in the hour after that. There are a lot of things going on in the uh, in the show. And uh, Joe Biden yesterday, and this is interesting because, you know, I don't know if this is uh, uh, just the fact that he's, you know, got mental problems uh, or if he just has the hubris that most Democrats do that they can say anything and think that we'll forget and we'll be, okay, 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 okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. And Joe Biden says that there were no vaccines. There was no plan for COVID when he took office. Now we know that there was and he's lying. But they keep doing this. And yesterday it was saying that uh, gasoline was $5 a gallon when he took office. And because of the action we've taken, gas prices are declining. We're down $1.25 since the peak at this summer. Yeah, you've uh, emptied our strategic petroleum reserve and even took time in this supposed crisis to uh, sell a million barrels to our enemy. And our enemy, by the way, is China. Oh, yeah, and they engineered the Wuhan virus. And they've been falling for the last three weeks as well, as well, and adding up real savings for families. Today, the most common price of gas in America is three dollars and thirty-nine cents, down from over five dollars when I took office. Yeah, well, you drove it up to five dollars a gallon, then you emptied out our strategic petroleum reserve to bring down the price of gas. But not only did that work to bring down the price of gas, very little. What really brought down the price of gas was the fact that people can't afford to fill their freaking cars with gas. <clears throat> There is that. Right now, there is a debate happening across the country in uh, living rooms or even on cell phones at gas pumps. And it is, uh, hold on a second, beep, 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 beep. Hi, honey. Yeah, dear, what are you doing? Well, I'm here at the gas station today where gas is uh, $3.39 a gallon. It was $1.87 when Donald Trump was a president here in Olathe, Kansas. Um, hey, listen, I know things are tight right now, and I know that filling my car with gas will be about $70. It used to be about $35. Um, hey, honey, should I fill the car with gas or just put $10 in until payday because we can't afford to eat? And our electric bill doubled this summer. And our air conditioning doubled this summer. Uh, so what do you think, hon? And the reason why I say that is because I've been there. I've been there. 
So this this uh, uh, everything is uh, coming up roses when we know it's crap. When somebody serves you a crap sandwich and you open it up and you go, what, what? And they go, I know, but look at the baguette. Oh, and look at the, the, the uh, we could put some arugula on there. Now, it's still a crap sandwich. He's still trying to force a crap sandwich down your throat and you're not going to take it anymore. Here he is talking about the price of food, and he says, you know, what the hell? Why don't you just, uh, if, if Raisin Bran's too expensive, just buy the generic stuff. And we're doing a whole lot of other things. And by the way, the food prices, the main driver of food prices, is not the price of beef and eggs, et cetera, or they're up. It's packaged goods. Packaged goods. Then, then why has the price of eggs and, uh, and uh, beef and all that gone through the ceiling and effectively doubled? Chicken breast used to be $1.88 at Walmart. On sale now, two ninety eight. You see people not buying Kellogg's uh, Raisin Bran, which you're going to see them buy another Raisin Bran, which is going to be a dollar cheaper. I mean, so what's happening is there is real movement. When was the last time this man in his life went to the freaking grocery store? And other than driving a car on Jay Leno's garage, when was the last time he drove himself somewhere? When was the last time that he had that talk with his family about what we can afford and what we can't afford at the grocery store? When was the last time Joe Barton ever went to a Walmart, let alone didn't have enough money to shop at Walmart, so had to go to Dollar General for food? When was all that? What about Nancy Pelosi? What about anybody pretty much in Washington, D.C. in Congress? They have no clue what you and I have been through and are going through right now. How high is gas prices, Mama? She said five bucks a gallon and I thought we could use some comic relief. How high is gas prices, Papa? He said six bucks a gallon and rise. This is Jim Gossett. Joe Biden, he don't have our back. We can't drill and we can't frack. The economy is under attack. Six bucks a gallon and rise. Just buy generic raisin bran. Who eats raisin bran? How high is oil prices, Mama? She said one twenty-five and rise. Maybe in nineteen seventy-five. How high is oil prices, Papa? He said one thirty-five and rising. All the drilling Biden's killed. Better back we will not build. His own pockets, Joe is filled. Seven bucks a gallon and rising. That's only in California. How high's inflation, Mama? She said eight percent and rising. Now that's How interest rates. Inflation, Papa. He said nine percent and rising. Food prices going up every day. Double what you. All right, it's from uh, Jim Gossett. Uh, two S's and two T's, Jim Gossett, comedy.com. More on this. Your phone calls 800-922-6680. This is a Friday edition of the Rob Carson Show. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. He got 81 million votes. Yeah, right. It's the Rob Carson Show. Don't worry. Friday edition of the Rob Carson Show. A note from Wanda. Rhonda says, love your show. Sometimes your language is hard to listen to. Rush didn't cuss. Had a great audience. You seem to be cleaner than you were a while ago. Was I really? Was I really that bad? I mean, I say instead of uh, the f bomb, I'll say freaking. Is that is that uh, is that too much? Yeah, you never know. You never know. I like to say that I I don't speak like a new parent. You know, because remember when you're a new parent, 
wasn't all that long ago for me. You had to watch the language, everything you did. I even had a thing where I did where uh, when I was putting together IKEA furniture, I, I had a solemn promise to my wife and my family that I would not say a curse word. And I, I was very good at that until I got this uh, this uh, wall closet unit, uh, it's pantry, portable pantry, 350 screws and all that. Got to the very last one. And I drop the final screw, and it drops to my feet and rolls over into the furnace vent where it goes ding, 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 and fades into the, uh, uh, you know, the, the distance. And that's when I, uh, I, you know, whoo, I mean, shoo, it was, uh, I think, really above the city where we were in Washington, D.C., there's still a cloud of uh, profanity that uh, local air traffic controllers uh, tell planes to avoid. It's, it's kind of like a hailstorm, but it's, it's, it's hanging right there. So I try to be careful, but I also try to be uh, contemporary and realistic when I do the show. And I try to express, you know, the truth. And when I can, I try to, you know, make fun of the people who are in power. I think we do a good job of that. Elon Musk uh, to welcome Trump back onto Twitter as reverses lifetime bans, taking helm as the CEO and tweets, quote, the bird is freed. As in, like, free bird? Yeah, man. How many people listen to free bird? I did when I was growing up, man. You listen to me. If I leave here tomorrow, will you still remember me? Uh, I think that's a perfect analogy. It is so fantastic. The bird has been freed. <laughs> he hired uh, an executive, Parag Agrawal, who is a, uh, uh, looks very much like a, uh, a very large seal with a, a unicorn horn sticking out of the top of his head. Actually, that's a Norwal. I apologize. That was wrong. Parag Agrawal is walking away. Why can't you and I have this? Why can't we walk away from a job where we fail and get $42 million? How is, that, how is it possible that you can suck? So, Oh, I said a word. Ooh, I can't say that word. I said, I mean, you know, you can do such a poor job that you can get $42 million. $42 million. Oh, and then there's this. There's this uh, Vijaya Gagadi or whatever the hell. She, heck, I mean, crud. Uh, the head of legal policy, trust, and safety, she was sent walking. Now, uh, what does she do? Well, she is a, uh, uh, a political tool and a leftist who removed Donald Trump from the platform. She also, according to Town Hall, oversaw the singlest, single most blatant example of election tampering in modern American history, the decision to block, delete, and censor Hunter Biden's laptop from the New York Post. So that's who's been in charge at uh, Twitter. Uh, then there was this other guy, I guess, uh, ex-CFO Seagal, who's the man behind Donald Trump's Twitter ban. Oh, yeah, that, 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 that person, I apologize. That person got, uh, who I was just talking about, got $25 million for doing that. It's kind of crazy, right? Don't you wish you could just really mess up your job and get paid? It's funny. Fired Twitter executives were hastily shuttled from the building. Sources told the Washington Post billionaire Musk is set to uh, to hold a company-wide meeting today. Twitter engineers could no longer make changes to code as of noon yesterday in San Francisco. They're probably going to try and delete everything like Hillary Clinton did with all the bleach bidding and all the, 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 the smart devices and the computers that they smashed with hammers and, the, and the acid washed and all that. They're trying to do the same thing at Twitter. So anyway, part of an effort to ensure that nothing about the product changed ahead of the deal closing. In a securities filing April 14th, uh, Musk said he did not have confidence in Twitter's management, vowed to, uh, to sack 75% of the workforce when he uh, took over. 
And uh, I, I hope that's not true. I, I, I'm just going to tell you right now that someone who's a compassionate individual, when I hear firing 75% of Twitter's workforce, I say, no, you really need to fire 100%. I think you ought to hire, fire a whole lot more because the, the organization has been uh, a complete fraud for a long time. You see the amazing thing about these social media companies, and this is something you won't hear on any other radio show. It is that Twitter, Facebook, YouTube do not have to guarantee free speech. <gasps> what? No, they don't. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. And when they started a few years ago, what, Facebook was like 15 years ago? You, you went on there and you just posted pictures of your feet up on the end of a lawn chair on a beach. Just to kind of brag about the vacation you had and the life you were living. There's still a lot of that going on, but it's gotten a lot bigger. You got Instagram where people can go on and be uh, uh, Instagram, uh, you know, bikini models, uh, even though you're in your 40s, uh, the whole deal. Uh, and then also they realized that there were some people on Facebook and Twitter that might start to espouse political their political viewpoints, just share how they feel about stuff. And, and uh, Twitter and Facebook realized about election time a few years back that, uh, wow, if we're going to see uh, the Democrats elected, we need to shut down all freedom of expression from conservatives. Now, that's a breach of contract because they never were political when you signed up. You didn't say, okay, t- uh, Facebook and Twitter didn't say, okay, only conservative viewpoints will be banned. We will allow everybody else. We will shut down conservative speech. So join the platform knowing that we'll do this. No, they didn't do that. Uh-uh. What they did is they allowed you to get massive followings, spend lots of your money to boost posts. I worked for a, a network of, uh, of Facebook pages, 29 of them, 19 million followers. And on October 31st of 2018, Facebook blew them all up. Every single page. My boss at the time had a half a million dollars of his own money, mortgaged his, his home, sold his home to do all of that, reach all those people, was starting to make some money, and Facebook took it all away. And they never gave him a refund on his money. And then you'll notice on Facebook, like, I can't advertise my swag, my T-shirts and stuff, because they won't allow me to monetize. And YouTube will not allow me to monetize. And I will tell you, I have worked for companies where they are very careful about what they put on YouTube because they're terrified of having their accounts shut down. Now, is that free speech? No, it's not. Is it guaranteed by any of the aforementioned? No. But they sprung that on you after you had already already invested in their product gathered a following they used your following to make lots and lots and lots and lots of money all the while shadow banning you shutting you down without you knowing until now and that's why everybody at twitter should be fired today here is what uh, elon musk should do what i'd like to hear today at twitter hq I'm sorry, that was a kind of a terse language. I'll say, um, uh, poopy you. Now that does sound very harsh, but I'm not sure which is more harsh. 
having 83 million followers on Twitter and having the chief executive or one of the executives at Twitter decide for political reasons that you're banned. What's worse? Really? What's worse? What's worse? Bringing the faculty lounge to a company, a faculty lounge very similar to what has happened on college campuses since 1968, excluding conservatives, driving them off campus, violently threatening them, deplatforming them. Uh, those same people left college, the first indoctrinated class in America, and they became the CEO of Facebook, the CEO of Twitter, and they, they did the same thing to us. Let's go to uh, Sean in Live Oak, California. Hello there, Sean. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Well, I was just going to remark on Elon Musk finally taking over Twitter. and uh, Go. It's uh, kind of interesting to see people that never had to face accountability suddenly having to face it. I know. And uh, the other thing that I sort of remember, I don't know if you saw the episode on the Joe Rogan Show. Yeah. Where Tim Pool and... Uh, this CFO from Twitter were on there. Yeah. And uh, she she was uh, utterly amazed that uh, all of her activities weren't approved by everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because they're, they're faculty lounge uh, uh, academics. That's what they are. They're, they're ideologues. They don't see anything wrong with it. They look at Republicans as evil. Uh, they have no uh, feeling whatsoever. They're not interested in any sort of debate. They never had to have a debate on campus with regard to anything. They just shouted down people and drove them away. And so they're not used to this sort of accountability. And, and I hate to tell you this, in the, in the real world, uh, maybe this is the first, maybe we should be grateful for something like this because it has shown that wokeism and, uh, and leftism will not survive in, through the capitalist lens. And so I hope, I really do, I hope that all of them get fired. I hope they have to go through what you and I do to have a job. I hope they have to go to a, a workplace that doesn't have a wine dispenser or a yoga room or free lunch and see how it feels, Sean. Yeah. Well, the only caveat I'd have on that is I want every person that deserves to be fired to be fired. Yes. But if they have a couple of people that don't deserve to be fired, I can see retaining them. But of course, and of course, I'm speaking uh, uh, in in I use I use sometimes exaggeration. Uh, certainly, are there a few good people working at Twitter? Maybe, maybe I don't know. Hard to say. Uh, I don't want everybody fired, but at the same time. Every person who has kept the company from becoming profitable, every person in the company who has restricted free speech for the sake of a political ideology, they all need to be fired. And I think you're on the same page with me. Thanks for the call, Air Sean. Okay, bye. This, listen to this. This is a Twitter employee going through the Twitter office, uh, first day at work. Now, normally when you go into the office and you share a video, hey, here's my cubicle, here's going to be work, and you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm really excited about my job. But this person just decided to go through and show the coffee machine and the yoga room and all this this is what twitter was like welcome to a day in my life as a twitter employee so this past week went to sf for the first time at a twitter office badged in honestly took a moment to just soak everything in what a blessing also started my morning off with an iced matcha from the perch got a little uh bacchio there from the uh from the coffee shop in the twitter building then i had a meeting so quickly scheduled one of these little pod 
rooms, which were so cool. They're literally noisy. Little pod meeting rooms are really nice. Yeah. Took my meeting, got ready for lunch. Went to a great cafeteria, had a wonderful lunch. Look how delicious this food looks. I know, oh, I know. Yeah, most of us have to bring our own lunch or go out somewhere. I was so overwhelmed. Yeah, it's kind of cool. made my way down to this log cabin area. Yeah, there's a log cabin room there, and there's a yoga room, and there's a place to go in, and it's uh, uh, white noises not in there and all that. Well, you know, Twitter did their level best to treat their employees really well, and, and their employees did nothing but kind of sit around like they're in mom's basement and say, hey, hey, I deserve all this stuff. And uh, all the while, Twitter's not making any money. And Twitter's re- restricting free speech. And so Twitter is proving to be a broken experiment. And if it's going to be saved, then Elon Musk will have to save it. Yeah. Critics of the purchase of uh, Twitter by Musk says it'll cause the platform to be more prone to spreading, are you ready, misinformation and incentivize or encourage dangerous practices that will harm, are you ready for this, women and people of color on the platform. That almost sounds like it's a talking point based on nothing. Uh, Angela Curusone, the president of the left-wing media group Media Matters, compared Musk's attempted acquisition of the formation of Fox News, an organization characterizes having a distorting effect on U.S. media in an interview with The Hill. No, it didn't. It just uh, shared a conservative viewpoint that had been completely covered up, which is one of the things that uh, Elon Musk is going to do. All right, Brian, you hold on. Gary, you hold on. You guys will be next. This is a Friday edition of The Rob Carson Show. If you're down with trigger warnings, you might want to listen to something else. It's the Rob Carson Show. The reason why I'm very passionate about the uh, social media platforms and what they've done to free speech is because I've never felt the heartbreak of someone telling me uh, that I couldn't say what was in my heart. I couldn't share an opinion. And, And when you have hundreds of thousands of people following you on Facebook... And you're interacting with them and you're thinking, oh, my God, what a glorious platform. What an amazing, transformatory thing this can be. Literally, guys, five years ago, I started broadcasting live on Facebook from my desktop. Before you could do it, I figured it out. You could do a phone. You could do a live on your phone. I figured out how to do it on Facebook live from a PC with a green screen, with graphics and everything. I did a TV show before Fox had to do it during COVID, before Newsmax had to do it during COVID. And I was reaching hundreds of thousands of people. And on the day after the election of 2020, my Facebook page was taken away. It just disappeared. There was no phone number I could call. There was no response from the company. Nothing. Not a darn thing. And in a country that has the First Amendment, dear God in heaven, are you serious? This is uh, more, uh, uh, this is um, uh, Bridget Todd, the communications director of the feminist advocacy communication organization called Ultraviolet, talking about uh, Elon Musk taking over Twitter. We should all be terrified. Elon Musk is about to rip open Pandora's box and flood the Internet once again with hate, misogyny, racism, and conspiracy theories. Do you ever notice when they go bat guano crazy? When they attack, 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 when they scream misinformation or disinformation, it's to shut you down. And that may work in the so- what was the Soviet Union. It may still work in China. It may still work in Cuba. But by God in heaven, if we are going to continue to live in this free country, this has to go away. 
And if you want to start a social media platform called uh, Libtard or whatever the hell you want to call it. Oop, I, I, gosh darn it. I said an offensive word followed by a dirty word. I apologize. Excuse me. I'm a member of Generation X. We, there's no room for it. And you should pay financially for it. And that's what they're going to do. Government's not going after Twitter for censorship. They're not going after Facebook for censorship. They're down with it. They've been complicit with both of them. But you know who is making them pay? Well, Elon Musk is one, and you are the other. Did you realize that Mark Zuckerberg's fortune has plummeted $11 billion? Because Meta, which could have been a force for good, is uh, laying an egg. Meta is this glorious place you can all get together and you can you can see your friend a virtual uh, you know uh, uh, characterization of your friend in the in the next state or maybe your mom or whatever and you're right there and look there's mom's cartoon hi mom hey it's like we're almost there and it could have been really really great but the problem is uh, Mark Zuckerberg's a political tool he gave uh, half a billion dollars essentially to the Democrat Party to buy drop boxes and pay for an election and now he's paying for it. His company sunk $70 billion into the metaverse, and it is laying an egg. And people like Jim Cramer, who is also a political tool, are regretting it. I made a mistake here. I was wrong. I trusted this management team. That was ill-advised. Hubris here is extraordinary. And I apologize. Okay. Um... What did you get wrong? I had a, a belief that there was a recognition that there is a amount that you can't spend. I had thought there would be an understanding. Okay, so Jim is blaming it on uh, the company spending too much money. That you just can't spend and spend right through your free cash flow. Uh, that there had to be some level of discipline. What did I get wrong? I... I trusted them, not myself. Uh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo, wah-wah. Um, part of it is that everybody knows who's a conservative, that Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg uh, threw, attempted to, or at least part of their efforts uh, were used to throw the 2020 election. And uh, we all know that Facebook is a joke as far as freedom of expression. If you're conservative, you'll be demonized. And so we're not having anything to do with it anymore. So, bye bye Let's take a break. Come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Hey guys, it's Rob Carson. I hope you enjoyed the best of the Rob Carson show this weekend. If you don't know already, I am live in the famed Rush Limbaugh slot, noon to three Eastern Standard Time on talk radio stations across the country, and the replay of every show is available everywhere you find podcasts. Just search Rob Carson Show or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast to see all available platforms. Make sure to check out my TV show on Newsmax called Rob Carson's What in the World. Follow me on social media, and above all, Don't catch the stupid.